What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Saturdays and Seltzers. This week, we are talking opening day for baseball, some playoffs with the NHL and NBA. We also have some awesome tea party segments for you guys later on in the show, so stay tuned for that. Love you guys. Let's have a great show. Let's go. It's Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah. Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. <laughs> Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitated. Woo. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. Woo. All right, sis, knock them out, Mike Tyson. What is up, party people? Welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers, the most busting and amazing podcast of all time. If you are new here, my name is Kendra Middleton, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Sarah Griffin. Sarah's straight hair today. It looks like you use, like, the, what's the fancy thing that, like, does the blowout? Your hair looks so good. I actually got my hair cut. That's why I didn't do it Uh, myself. (laughs) I was like, your hair looks really good. (laughs) This is not my own work. Yeah, it looks good, though. Thanks. Um, so if you are new here as well, we do a segment every week called HLH. It is our high of the week, our low of the week, and our unexpected hero, which is something good that happened to us. Sarah, what is your HLH? So my high, I have two. One being warm weather, because I just like getting out of the house and being outside. I feel like this time it's kind of here to stay, it seems like. Like this week's been all the 60s. I think next week it looks more like the 50s but I'll honestly take anything me too and then also the Red Sox are back home which is exciting I haven't watched a ton of baseball yet but I feel like getting back to Fenway and stuff will make me a little more into it yeah we need to go I know I want to go Monday I do too I would say me and Lauren are going for opening day tomorrow but then Monday I want to go but it's so expensive because it's the marathon how much are tickets the cheapest right now I've seen is like 120. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't swing that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could, I just like don't want to because I'm going to Vegas. If I weren't going to Vegas, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's the thing. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of other stuff I want to spend my money on right now. So that might just have to be a drink around the bars yeah. in that area day. Yeah. I, okay. So Bostonians are going to hate me for this, but please remember that I am not from here before you crucify me for this. I did not know, first of all, that Monday was Marathon Monday. I also didn't know that it was like literally a holiday here and everyone gets off of work and goes to drink. My friends were like, do you want to drink for the marathon? And I was like, what do you mean drink for the marathon? <laughs> and they were like, you know, like go to the bars and like watch people run by. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like you people, that is so sick. Like there are two types of people in this world, like world, people who run the marathon and people who drink and yell at people who run the marathon. And that is just so Boston. I just remember uh, one of my best friends from high school. So she went to BU for undergrad and freshman year. She like invited us all up for marathon Mondays. It's a huge big thing. She got nailed in the head with a beer, like full beer can, got concussed. <laughs> and that was her first marathon Monday. So that's all I ever think of now. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yo. It was wild. 
so yeah, I feel like I'm definitely going to do something Monday. I'm just like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> but, dude, Boston will find an excuse to do anything and drink like oh, yeah. literally anything like all of like not that all holidays aren't based around drinking but boston like makes holidays to drink marathon monday patriots day just straight up at a fucking like beer fest all day long exactly so i'm gonna do something i don't know let me know what you wind up doing um yeah will from the revs asked me to hang out so maybe we can like find him somewhere or you can find us or i don't know i don't know what to do if you have if you have recommendations of like where to stand where to go like please let us know because i have no fucking idea (laughs) um what i okay i have been waiting for the jet blue story and i see that that's your love of the week for obvious reasons i need to know like everything and if you found your bag so I feel like I've told the story now like 5,000 times to 5,000 different people. And I actually got interviewed for the news about it because they like, it was someone that follows me. It was like, oh, I'm doing a story on all the stuff going on with JetBlue. Like, can I ask you about it? I was like, can you fucking ever? So, but basically, I guess this has been going on because it wasn't just me. Like pretty much all, I think 90% of the JetBlue flights got canceled. Yeah. It's like going on, but especially I know like in Logan and in Buffalo, I guess are the two big ones naturally. <laughs> yep. So my flight got delayed like four times. Then I finally get this email as I'm like just out and about. It's like your flight's been canceled. And I'm like, okay, I'll just like book another one. And then they said that they would book me another one myself or themselves. And they booked me one, but then that one got canceled. And so I was like, okay, I should probably look into this. I don't want to get stuck anywhere. And so I looked and it was like, there's no flights available till Friday all of a sudden. Okay. So then it was just like this whole mad dash, like getting back, whatever. Spent way more money than I want to talk about. Um, (laughs) And then my luggage got lost in the midst of this all. And obviously once I got like at Logan, because JetBlue was just like, they canceled so many flights. It was like a four hour wait just to get to the service desk. So I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I've already wasted enough time. Like, sure. I'll sit here and wait. And they had someone come over and it was like, oh, like there's like 20 associates out like off of the terminal. I think they just want people off the terminal. There's 20 associates out like where you like check in for your bags and stuff if you no. guys all want to go over there so obviously like they're yelling at sleep because I was like oh all those people go and I'll just stay here because then so many people be gone like no you have to go you have to go it's like okay there was zero people over there they just want everyone off the terminal so then it was just like an angry mob out there and I was like all right I just want to go home like I really don't fucking care I was like I want my luggage but I don't know where it is so I'm like I'll like deal with that or something I guess I don't know but yeah so I got my luggage back a couple days ago they sent it to my house As but they then ori- yeah originally all they refunded me was 50 bucks <laughs> entire thing yeah I did not end up even the cost more. of your flight no, it was like we'll look into the cost of your tickets and review further I'm like Yo, I used to love JetBlue and now I nightmare fuel. That's the other thing. Cause I'm like, okay. Cause now I have all this like flight credit for JetBlue. But I'm like, 
I don't want to go. I don't want that. I'd rather just have that in my bank account at this point. Yeah. That's how they get you. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I have all this, like, I'm going to use the flight credit at some point, but I'm like, are you going to cancel all those too? <laughs> Seattle? Question mark. Literally. I'm like, this is like good amount. Like I can't have round trip, like, but I'm nervous. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hero. It's a little bittersweet, but Jeff Teat sock trick this weekend. Wish I was there to have seen it in person. <laughs> it's the combo of two of our favorite things on here. Jeff Teat and a sock trick. So I'd be my hero. It's true. Even though you weren't there, it's okay. We yeah. it will happen again. I have faith. <laughs> Better. Um, my HLH. I feel like I've had a really crappy week. And I mm-hmm. want to stay home and cry, but I am going to a concert tonight. I only know one song by the person I'm seeing, but I'm going for my friend's birthday. What concert? So, Alice in Wonderland. I don't think I know that. It's but... like EDM. Oh, okay. But it's supposed to rain and you know you have to wait in line to get into the House of Blues. So I'm literally repping our merch and these like, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my outfit, but if you are not too bad. And these tie-dye pants that I made Ooh. myself during quarantine. Um... So yeah, that's, it's going to rain. I'm like wearing a tank under this, but like, I'm going to go, I'm going to have fun. Um, yeah, it's my friend's birthday. So we're going to like, you, I think you met my friend treat. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Treat's birthday is actually 420, but which is hilarious because he's in the military. (laughs) Um, but he is getting his wisdom teeth out this weekend. So I get, he wants to celebrate with our friend tonight. So we're going to go to this concert. My low is getting in a fucking car accident yesterday. Um, so if you don't follow me on Twitter yesterday, I went on the first date I've been on, I think this year, like dead ass. Um, and on my way home, I called an Uber and this guy was like driving like the opposite side on the opposite side of the road of the restaurant I was at popped a K turn, picked me up, popped another K turn. And got on Sturrow Drive. And if you don't know what Sturrow Drive is, oh. if you're like, yeah, if you're like one of our Jacksonville listeners or you live somewhere else, anyway, we have a ton of like fans in Mexico and Wisconsin, oddly. Um, <laughs> Sturrow Drive is like the definition of like where you don't want to get stuck. Like if you've ever seen anything about Boston and like semi trucks getting stuck under this like one bridge, this is exactly where that is. And it's really busy. And like, Obviously from those K turns, I was like, all right, this driver is like kind of insane. And he was like swerving in and out of traffic and like was driving in between like two lanes on Sturrow drive. And I'm sitting in the back right passenger side. And this woman in a BMW like slams into the side that I'm sitting on and they pull over and I'm like sitting there in shock for a minute and they pull over and get into like a screaming match. And I like get out of the car and I'm like standing on Sturrow drive, like on the fucking highway that is a nightmare place and people to be. and they're like pulled over like screaming at each other and I'm just like standing there obviously I'm like terrified to be back in this man's car because he's intoxicated and like I don't know where to go I have nothing to do like people are honking like I there's like nothing I can do so I call 911 through the uber app and they like put me through to like the local police and like I'm on the highway like I don't have an address to where I am like yeah I'm, I'm literally like this is like the closest exit to me and I can see this hotel 
And they're like, all right, we'll get someone to you. And the Uber driver is like begging me to get back in his car. And I'm like, I'm not getting back in your car. So he takes off. And the girl in the BMW, see, the, thank God it was a woman and like a young yeah. woman. Um, she was like, I can't leave you right here. Like get in my car and I'll at least run you up to the corner. And I'm like, okay. So now I'm standing on the corner of Sturrow Drive and Leverett Circle. And I look like a fucking prostitute because I'm in leather pants and high heels coming from a date. And like, it took the cops 30 minutes to get to me and it's freezing. I'm not wearing a jacket. And this cop is like speaking to me through the window, like won't Mm -hmm. let me get in his car. I'm like very clearly freezing and then didn't drive me home after I had to call another Uber. (laughs) And so when I get home, the cop said he'd call me and give me the police report. And so when I get home, I call Uber and file the dispute. They said that they would file it to consider giving me my money back. And today they only gave me my money back for the ride that I got in the accident in, not the second Uber I called. And now I'm like arguing with their customer service rep who like thinks I'm the driver. And I'm like, you asked me for the information. I sent you all of the trip information and a screenshot from inside of your app. And I called to get the number for the police report this morning and they don't have it on file. The guy was like, I have to take your number and call you back because I can't find it. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And now I'm like starting to bruise. And my mom's like, you should go like to at least an urgent care and get something on paper that like your body is like bruised on the left side. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think she's right. I think you should at some point, just so you have like documentation of it. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, you have like seven days, like your arms turning purple and like you're uncomfy. You should at least go. And so now that like Uber is like not working with me and the police fucked up my police report, I, this girl and I added each other on Instagram. Um, so I have all of her information and everything. And then I obviously have his name and license plate from the accident and she has it on video. She does. Yeah. Cause she was in a sports car. Oh, mm-hmm. it was a nice ass BMW, like an M series. Yeah. So like, she was super sweet. I'm really thankful she like drove me to the corner. Um, but yeah, so that happened and like that sucked. Um, so now I'm dealing with that. Uh, my hero is glue girl. <laughs> if you All don't, uh, if you don't know about glue girl, there was this girl in one of the playoff uh, play in games the other night who was like a PETA protester and tried to glue herself to the court at an NBA game. And she is truly like the icon we do not deserve. I don't know what she was thinking, what her plan was, if she stuck to the court. I don't know. But that takes some cojones. Queen shit. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of PETA for obvious reasons, but queen shit. You are valid, sis. Go off. Um, So yeah, that's our HLH this week. I did text Sarah. So Sarah left a cooler here at my birthday party that has a full 12 pack of seltzers, a four pack of her margaritas and an unopened bottle of tequila. And I like went to put it in our closet the other day. And I was like, holy shit, like the Sarah drink is in here. So I texted Sarah and I was like, (laughs) all right, I'm putting these in the fridge and I'm trying them tomorrow. But if you ever were questioning how big of a stoner I am, I was like, all right, I can like pull a Sarah, but like, I feel like I can do like the stoner version of the Sarah drink. So I took hot honey 
and did like a nice rim job with Maldon sea salt that I use for baking. So I have a one sip review of the Sarah. I will try it on its own and then with the rim job because everybody around here loves a good rim job. So. Okay. Yeah. I see why you drink these every week. Right. This is so good. Like for can like because I feel like usually especially canned like cocktails and like especially canned te- tequila it's always gross. Those things are so fucking good. These are so good. Yeah, where do you get these? It's at like a liquor store, like five minutes from my house. I've never seen them anywhere else. I like search for them because I'm like, I need to stock up or something. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> or they could just you know sponsor us. Like we don't talk about them every week. Like we ask literally every single week. Are you drinking this too? No, I'm actually just drinking coffee. Mm. Okay, what was your Starbucks order today? I'm pre-gaming this concert, by the way, so I'm planning to get pretty hammered during the show. I tried the um, chocolate almond milk espresso shake thing, but I mm. didn't get almond milk. I got oat milk. It's actually really good. It kind of just tastes like chocolate milk, honestly. <laughs> All right. I'm here for it. So I feel like with MLB being back, we have to start with MLB. We also usually start with MLB if we have some stuff to talk about. I want to talk about the Red Sox first, just because we kind of have brought them up already in the show. Um, How do you feel? I mean, I know you said you haven't watched a ton of baseball this year. I think I've watched like three of their games so far. Any big takeaways? I don't really have any major takeaways. I've honestly only watched one game now in full, and it was the game yesterday, mm-hmm. and that one was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was nice too, and being nine to seven. But I don't know. I think it seems like at least yesterday, from what I've heard about the previous games, the offense seems to have come alive, which is good because it sounds like their bats were kind of dead for a while. Um, Evaldi looks good. Obviously, I'm super biased because Evaldi's my favorite, but he looks really good. Um, yeah, that's basically all I got for now, considering I haven't watched really anything. Yeah. Um, so after opening day, I tweeted, because the conversation around the Red Sox prior to the season, the concern heading in was the bullpen. And, you know, who was going to be closing games? And so far, I'm still kind of asking that question. Like, there's one game where the bullpen performed. And since then, I've been kind of concerned. You know, they blew a 9-2 lead yesterday, and it was really concerning into the ninth. And I think that Matt Barnes, obviously, if he can stay healthy, it'll be great. I think Whitlock's great. Evaldi's great. I'm just concerned about the back end of the bullpen. And it's like, that hasn't become like the biggest Red Sox concern for me. Earlier, I mean, before yesterday, my concern was the bats not being hot. And yesterday, you know, they, they put up, they put up nine runs, which is awesome. But like they, they, there was a minute where I was like, okay, what is going on here? Yeah, I think I saw something like the bottom four of the lineup were batting like less than 100, like each collectively. Um, I'm, I do like Jackie Bradley Jr. as like a person. I'm not thrilled still that we traded him to the Brewers or traded Renfro to the Brewers for him. I don't, I don't know his bat. He did hit a double yesterday. It was a big double, but like they needed that one. But I don't know. I'm just not a fan of JBJ's bat. I think it's very streaky. And for the most part, he bats like an average of like 230. I know bat- the baseball people are going to come at me because batting average isn't everything. But as a casual fan, just watching, like, that's all I see. And I see 
how he's performed in the past. He was awful with the Brewers last year. And I already have some of my Brewers friends like tweeting like, thanks for Renfro, mm-hmm. like fuck JBJ. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Renfro's got like, yeah, they both got the cannon of the arm too. But like Renfro, when he's on, like he hits bombs. And like that happens way more often than JBJ's hit in the bat. Yeah, I've seen definitely both sides of that argument in the last 24 hours. I was talking to Jason about it earlier and he was saying that he loves JBJ. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a strong opinion about him. I think that I feel like I like him because I, he just feels like Boston to me, like Milwaukee just didn't feel like he fit in there. Um, But I do kind of miss Renfro in a weird way. Like I miss like the dorky, like Renfro, Renfro tweets. (laughs) I'm glad he's doing so well in Milwaukee so far. Cause I feel like that's a really good fit for him. Just like him and his wife in general, it seems like they're really already very into living in Milwaukee and whatnot. But I don't know, like that outfield, the Brewers outfield looks like great. And I have this reinforcement because that's the thing. They come in, they add JBJ and he was so bad with him last year. I'm like, maybe it was just he's so set into the Boston thing. So like you said, I agree. I think JBJ is like Red Sox. That's all I think of when I see him. It is very clear. He just wasn't really fitting into that roster with the Brewers. And mm-hmm. I think that trade was definitely a win for him in that sense. And, and his for family, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. The whole, it's not just him, just kind of that bottom lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I put up some tough numbers, but it's still early. So yeah, I am concerned for the bottom half of that lineup and who's going to be really closing. I don't know. Um, so that was talking Red Sox. I'm sure we'll have some more thoughts because you're going to the game tomorrow. And then if we can sneak in Monday, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, some other big baseball news this week, Alyssa Nakin, the first full-time female coach in MLB history and the first female to coach in a game. Um, all I want to say about this is go giants. All my homies love the giants. I feel like this <laughs> is very San Francisco and I'm here for it. I am very proud to be a giants fan right now. If I weren't going to a show and wrapping us, I would be in giants gear today. Um, I don't know. I think that this is really fucking cool. And there were a lot of dorks on the internet who were really shitty about it, but I think she's fucking awesome. Yeah, no, she's great. And I think, I feel like baseball has been one of the sports, like we talk about so much, like, oh, it's so outdated. They're so behind. I will say in the sense of like hiring women and putting women on the field and in the broadcast, they're very progressive in that sense, because Mm -hmm. I think they're way more ahead of any of the other three major sports. Cause like Mm -hmm. Melanie Newman, the Orioles, like she's like, up in the broadcast booth every day you know you have the Yankees have like a hitting coach who's a woman you know obviously now the Giants like that was the first time any like person has seen a woman on the field like that which is fucking wild it really is when you think about it because like I remember I can't remember her name and it's killing me that I can't the woman who was the first female full-time employee to coach in an NFL game with the 49ers. And I can't remember her name. And I remember when I heard that too, I was like, that's crazy. Like it is the 21st century. No, it's wild. And I'm glad that, yeah, it's definitely taken a bit, but hopefully this is kind of a turning point because we've already seen it between like the Yankees, the Red Sox, like they all have female on their coaching staff now too. So hopefully it becomes a thing where it's not going to be like noteworthy every Mm -hmm. single time we see a woman on the field coaching. Unfortunately, I don't think that that will happen in our lifetime, but I hope it does. 
I hope it's not any, I don't see it happening anytime soon, but maybe like 20 years from now. <laughs> when I fulfill my destiny of becoming a grandparent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing I want to say about the Giants is I want to give Blake Webb a shout out. I have been a Blake Webb fan for a hot minute like I'm pretty sure every time we talked about the Giants last year I was like oh Blake Webb baby (laughs) but um he had a really good game the other day I'm happy to have him on our team as well he's fun to watch I think he's a good kid he seems like he's funny I also love that I call people kids now I'm like you know really really the crib keeper over here at 26 (laughs) um I also was listening to your show from last week and you're Dodgers comments kind of had me laughing how you were like if the Giants sweep the rug out from out under the the Dodgers again this year it's not looking so hot for them but Clayton Kershaw pulled in the seventh versus the twins yesterday I have some thoughts about this but before I give you mine I'd like to hear yours I'm conflicted about this because at first I was just like you should never pull so like I don't care who it is like what inning it is don't pull them if they're putting on a perfect game but then I saw Kershaw is like, he was like, no, like that was the right decision. Like I was not like against that at all. Like blah, blah, blah. And yeah, like Kershaw is older. And I feel like his concern probably was mainly just like, okay, yeah. Like I already have so many accolades. Like I don't really care. Like I want to preserve my health. This is my first start of the season. But just for like, I don't know, at this point, I'm like, you won your world series. You're past that whole like playoff hump thing. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool? Just to be like, oh, my first start back, a lot of people were like, is he even coming back to the Dodgers? Is he going to retire? Just to get that perfect game. I'm like, that's even sick. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of my thought process too. My first reaction was, okay, was this Dave Roberts' decision or was this Clayton Kershaw's decision? Because I understand, like you said, he's older. He's definitely dealt with some injury and surgery and those types of things. So it's like, okay, I understand wanting, like someone, like an athlete wanting to push themselves for that personal accolade, you know, that perfect game, but it's like that seventh inning might be Clayton Kershaw pushing himself. And it's like, if that's, if that's why he pulled himself, I'm okay with an athlete being like, yeah, this was a good game. I'm happy with that. But also as a baseball fan and like someone who likes to see players achieve things for themselves, I'm like, if this was just Dave Roberts being like, all right, like, let's, you know, make sure that we close this one out. Like it's fucking Clayton Kershaw. Like of all people, I would be like, if, if, if it was his decision, he's the one guy who, if you're going to do it, fucking go for it. That's why I'm like, not sure. Cause he was like, yeah, no, that was the right decision. Like I was, that's what I wanted. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he's one of the only people that I'm like, I genuinely don't know if that's what he wants. Cause he's just like known to be such a nice, like easy to get along with guy like it's not like Blake Snell he's like yeah why the fuck did you pull me like you're never going to hear Clayton Kershaw go and be like yeah Dave Roberts like screw me over whatever so I'm just going to tell myself that it was his decision just so I'm not like screw you Dave Roberts even though Mm -hmm. there's plenty of moments where every baseball fan can say that but it was still cool I thought that was a really cool way for him to start the season especially considering people are like we don't need him in our rotation anymore. Like he's going to hold them back, like blah, blah, blah. I thought that was kind of nice. Just like, fuck you in general. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I see you have some baseball notes as well about Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you, uh, I'll let you. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you saw this, but last night, <laughs> Vlad Jr. hit two home runs off Garrett Cole. He ended up having a third one, I think, after Cole got pulled. 
But on the second one, Garrett Cole like tips his hat. <laughs> this was it was right down the middle. Yeah, no shit he hit that. Like, what are you tipping your cap to? It's always some great pitch. <laughs> like, dude, suck. And I'm like, all right, if I'm a Yankees fan, I am fucking fuming. This is the highest paid pitcher in baseball. I'm like, he's fucking like sat on his face in the playoffs last year in that wild card game. Yeah. He comes out in that opening game against the Red Sox. And, you know, there's all this talk. Oh, we're done with the talk. We're just going to perform. Let's up a couple dingers already. It's like, all right, we're right back to where we were. He has not lived up to his contract even remotely closely to be paid that much money. And I saw someone the other day like tweet to like, oh, don't worry, guys. After he let up those two home runs to uh, Vladdy and settles down, his ERA so far this season went down to like 4.59. So, you know, he's just an average pitcher that you could get fucking anywhere, but he's being paid $300 million. So <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. I just have a comment. I will only call him Vladdy Daddy for the rest of eternity. <laughs> that is, I just, I read his name and I'm like, yeah, I just, that's not how I read it. It's Vladdy Daddy. That's just, it is, it is what I it just, is. I love him. I know it's going to suck when he's going to probably end up doing the same thing to Red Sox pitching and it sucks that he's in the AL East, but he's just so fucking fun to watch and especially watching Gary Cole get lit up. I'm like, I know we're still early on in his contract, but at this point, I don't, unless he has like this complete turnaround over the remainder of it, I don't know if I could ever be like, yeah, this was a good worthwhile contract, especially considering his numbers instantly just went down or went up, I should say, after they got rid of the spider tack. And he's just since then like made every up, every excuse in the book. It's like, all right, just say you need the sticky stuff to pitch. It's very obvious to everyone here. <laughs> Another great term, sticky stuff. <laughs> love it um i see so you have a comment from jake geekman too i didn't see this oh yeah it was just um i guess someone in the press co- or post game conference the other night asked him like oh like how do you feel if you're going to be put in the closer role whatever he just sort of was like i don't give a shit <laughs> okay Which I was like, okay, I like that way of thinking. It seems like everyone else kind of agreed with that too. They're like, all right, that's kind of a closer mindset, but I've ever heard one. But they're like, all right, good for you. Just strip. Don't give a shit. I'm just going to do what they want me to do. Kind of reminds me of like, what's the name? Alec Baum on the Phillies when he yes, was like, I fucking hate like it here. Seven errors and like three. And yeah, he's like, I fucking hate it here. And then they're like, did you say? He's like, yeah, I said yeah, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. I love him. Well, and I'm like, okay, that's so Philly. Like the fact I, I was reading those comments on Twitter and Philly fans were like, he gets it. He fits in here. I was like, honestly, yeah, that's what should be your reaction. He's like owned up to it. He was like, it was heat of the moment, whatever. I was so fucking hate it here. He's like, I was pissed off with myself and I was pissed off with the crowd. Like, which I'm like, all right, I like that. Also, I, we, we love the city of Philadelphia. We, <laughs> like, we love... <laughs> Like, we so talk much. we talk about this sarah sarah sent me apartments in philly the other day i'm not even gonna lie to you but like we i swear to god talk about philly and buffalo every week because we think we're fucking hilarious that we're the girls that go on vacation to philly and buffalo and we announced it this week that we are going we think back to philly at least twice before the end of the summer 
So like, first, like we love Philly, but I would not want to play for a team in Philly because their fans are fucking crazy. Say like sure yeah, Boston fans crazy whatever. Philly are like a different breed. I'm like Boston fans, it's just like it comes with the city whatever you expect it. And Philly like it's the same way, but though they're like Boston fans on like crack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remember after like, they won the Super Bowl, all those and they videos destroyed the city. Like I know, like even like when I was at UNH and like the Red Sox won the World Series and the Patriots won the Super Bowl in the same year. Like some stuff broke. There was like a fire. No. Philly was like, fuck it. I pay taxes here to do this. I'm f- it's done. Massacred the city. Like I, I, but I love that about Philly. Like that's why I love Philly. Philly's fun. Fun Philly's place. So great. I love Philly. <laughs> like, I just like, I'm going to cry. Why am I so emotional about the city of Philadelphia? City of brotherly love. Hell yeah, brother. Ah. <laughs> um, Tyler's probably going to watch this and be like, you, God. <laughs> I am so excited. I feel like, so Tyler, I'm taking Tyler to the draft. I was like, listen, like if you get there and you have a place to stay, like I'll get you into the parties. Like I got you. So Tyler is following me and like all of my girlfriends to like all of the Super Bowl <laughs> shit in Vegas and I cannot wait I'm getting Tyler married or a tattoo or like something Tyler have you seen strippers before please like type an answer in the chat right now because if not I kind of want you to have the Sarah experience remember it you have to remember it yes uh mm, hmm. you're not gonna remember it don't do it the way I did because I was just like <laughs> that entire <laughs> thing <laughs> that was I I will never get that image out of my head um anyways love you Philly chef's kiss um the only other thing I don't know why we didn't just talk about this when you're we talking about the Red Sox because we both I feel like have been talking about this on Twitter for days and I feel like I'm gonna let you speak to this because you're the homer and I know you're a lot more angry than I am but I am also angry yeah, so it came out yesterday that the Red Sox offered offered Xander a new contract. It was basically just a year added on to his current one for an extra $30 million, so five years, $90 million. Anyone who has baseball contracts and what the shortstop market looks like right now, that is the biggest slap in the fucking face for anyone, let alone a homegrown player who has done everything you've asked him. He's taken on the role of, like, the unofficial captain. He's been, like, the face of your franchise, especially with Mookie gone now. And yeah, this was just a slap in the face. I guess there is a hundred million dollars in difference in asking price from Xander and the Red Sox. Keep in mind, his agent is Scott Boras. Boras, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Boris. Yeah, something like that. And obviously he's known for these like type of deals and to put out this stuff in the media. So then mm-hmm. his side looks a little better. And John Hyman was the one who put this out. He's kind of like a talking piece for him, but I'm still like, I believe it. I absolutely believe this considering how the Red Sox front office has about their business over the last like 10, 15 years now. Yeah. This I was going to say, like, you just offered Devers some bullshit too. Like you have, you, 
I think I said this on Twitter or I said it to you or I said it to Jason because of you are the only three places I put things. Mm-hmm. If they even lose out on Bogarts or Devers, this is a loss and they will lose fans. Devers more than Bogarts, but after yeah. you let Mookie go, you got to keep them both. You have the money the, it fits into the contracts. You have to keep them both. But after the slap in the face to Devers, like I just, the fact that it's so back-to-back close, like it's just, it's, it's kind of embarrassing for the Red Sox because they have the fucking money. Who are they paying anyway? Well, that's my thing. I'm just a little like confused now about the whole Trevor story side. Like, don't get me wrong. I love that signing, but I'm like, they were so quick to give him this huge contract mm-hmm. while Devers and Xander are both just sitting here. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like, I can't really make a judgment on Trevor Story. Like, he's been a Red Sox for, like, a week. But, uh, like, why is it they're so quick to give? Like, this is the – for Bloom, especially, this is his first big contract. And yeah. everyone's very excited about it. I'm still excited about it. I love Trevor Story. I think he's going to be great. But I'm like, why is it that you're so quick to get this done while Xander and Devers are sitting there and are getting, like, screwed over, apparently, both by, like, $100 million each? Yeah, $100 percent agree with you there yeah I think that they have to lock both of them down or it's a fail um so yeah that's it's just who do you think they sign first I'm not I feel like they would sign Devers as top priority and if it came down to and picking between the two I would pick Devers just because I feel like they're he is like he's gonna be a superstar he's so young whatever but at the same time, I'm like, that's very much a slap in the face to Xander, considering he has been the face of the franchise now. He is homegrown player. He's gone through so much already. But I and, would say Devers is top priority. And he is that, like, captain role. So, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, want to talk a couple NFL points before we get into some lacrosse stuff. Jags are back in the facility. They had uh, media day yesterday. Um, couple thoughts about them. I first off want to start out by saying that I love Travis Etienne. I didn't don't get me wrong. I've said this on the show before. I didn't love the ETN pick, but I understood it. I think that there were people at that slot that the Jaguars could have benefited from, but I understood the pick. Um, yesterday, someone in the media asked him how he felt about being back and like missing last season. And he was like, well, if I was going to miss a season, I think I picked a pretty good one to miss. And I just was the, but um, like this hurts, but that's actually hilarious. Um, so he gained some cool points with me. Like the fact he's joking about it and he's ready. He said he's like 85%. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him play. I think that there's a lot of promise for the Jags this season. That being said, they are stressing me the fuck out with the draft. Like I said, we are going, spending our night at the official Jags party there are some rumors about them drafting a defensive lineman from UGA Walker and then Evan Neal from Alabama, who's an offensive lineman. I would rather them go pass rush here just because I think that the Jags have, you know, kind of with the first round picks they've had other than Trevor Lawrence tried to pick a guy that wasn't really in every on everyone's radar where they took them or they put too many eggs in their basket too early. I think you kind of go safe here and you take Hutchinson or you take Neil. I don't hate the thought of an offensive lineman, especially Alabama, because we all know that SEC players translate well to the NFL. Um, so I would prefer 
Neil Hutchinson or Thibodeau at that slot. I wouldn't be disappointed if they go somewhere else, but I would definitely be a little sad. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just because the track record that they have in the first round outside of Jalen Ramsey and maybe Trevor Lawrence so far, we don't know anything about ETN. So that's all I have to say there, I guess. Um, I do want to talk about the Dan Snyder situation with the Washington commanders. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen this. Okay. So Dan Snyder, the owner of the former Washington football team, now Washington commanders is under investigation for, I think, stealing like $5 million from season ticket holders and like other owners and stuff. So he's under like federal investigation. Is he the same one that had all these like emails or something come out about like harassing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, same guy. But my thing is, is that he hasn't been called upon to sell the team yet. That's kind of weird. I think he should absolutely have to sell the team. I would think so if he's under investigation for stealing like millions like that. Yeah. From people that like put the money in your pocket too. That's kind of weird. No one's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, first of all, you owned a team called the R words, then all the email crap and everything with John Gruden and yada, yada. And now you're like under investigation by like the IRS or something like that's fucking crazy. Is it the IRS? I don't know shit about this. I don't know that's maybe <laughs> this is so above our pay grade i don't yeah. know he's, he's a piece of scum and i if i'm not smart enough to really understand what's going on i just know that i'm angry <laughs> what the yeah. crusty crab is unfair mr Krabs is in the air <laughs> that's 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 all i've got um and then my last thing i want to talk about yeah. the nfl did you see what happened with cam newton okay oh yeah so Obviously, I am an Auburn Tiger. I think I'm the only Auburn fan prior to this that didn't like Cam Newton, and it was because of everything that happened with the Panthers and that reporter. Well, first of all, I didn't think Cam Newton was a great human being in the first place, but I feel like I'm more I'm more likely to give younger athletes a second chance. So when he got kicked out of Florida for theft and transferred to Auburn, I was like, all right, like maybe, you know, whatever. And then the like sexist comments that he had at Carolina were not great. And now he's saying he likes a woman who's quiet and can cook and likes to serve a man and knows her place. And so many people were first to be like, well, if you don't like it, don't date Cam Newton. Or if you don't like his expectations, don't date Cam Newton. And it's like, the, it's the mindset that he thinks a woman needs to be quiet and serve a man. If you like a girl who can cook, that's cool with me. But it's the fact that you're like, I need to serve you, know how to cook and know when to be quiet. That's some bullshit. Yeah. I'm like Cam Newton himself. I'm like, whatever. I don't think anyone's like, oh, I, I want to go date Cam Newton. But this changed my mind. Just the, like you said, like the mindset of it, that women are not put on the earth to serve you. Like that's not, and that also for him, like that's not what a relationship is. That you're not looking for a girlfriend or wife. You're looking for like a babysitter mom. <laughs> with yeah, you're looking for someone who is like a mom with a hole. Like yeah. shut the fuck up. Like that is not what That's women weird. are. You freaking weirdo. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's like there were people who were like, I feel like this was like a very polarizing topic because there were people who were like, fuck Cam Newton, and then there were people like, well, like what's wrong with that? Like, ah. <laughs> I'm just like, I get dumber listening to Cam Newton. And of course it was a fucking Barstool podcast. 
oh yeah I did notice that well then I was laughing because I saw all these like because of course pretty much anything like that I see that's footballs all Patriots fans because they're like oh thank god I don't have to pretend to root for this guy anymore I was like right. you guys weren't really rooting for him to begin with <laughs> I loved I saw downfall. this I saw this one tweet also this is ASMR for all our seltzer peeps um I saw this one tweet that I retweeted and someone was like you need a woman to feed you because you can't feed a receiver or something like that. And I was like, that is fucking unreal. <laughs> or what was the other one I saw? Oh, they were like, no wonder Cam Newton doesn't have a girlfriend. If he did, they wouldn't let him walk out of the house like that because of all his fucking weird outfits. I don't know. I like Cam Newton's sense of fashion, actually. Like, I, I, I actually it. like his outfits, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like his outfits, but like, I don't know. I'm just like... Can you just go away? I like the fact that he has haunted me from Auburn to New England to just now existing. I'm like, just get the f- and Florida because he was at UF when I was a kid. I'm just like, get the fuck out of my life. Like, stop. Why are you so obsessed with me? I don't know. I know Cam Newton doesn't know I exist, but like, I'm just over it. Like, just go away. Um. Oh, wait, there was something else I wanted to bring up. I need to read you his children's names because... I just have to. Okay. Okay. They're very odd. He has five children. Okay. Chosen Sebastian. Sovereign Dior. Cashmere Saint. Caesar Lorenzo. And Camitas Swain. <laughs> I like the one whose real name is Dior. <laughs> what is it? Sovereign Dior. Yeah. like I'm not trying to be an asshole but like and it's not I don't think I've ever planned baby names with a man because like first of all I have the attention span of a goldfish and second of all kids scare the shit out of me but that sounds like some stoner shit that I would do so like the like cashmere one the deer like are you just like (laughs) Is it whatever you're wearing at that moment? Like, uh, <laughs> cashmere. <laughs> and fuck? it's Dior. So it's cashmere Dior instead of Dior cashmere. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Vinny? Do we have another cat cam? He just ran through. Yeah, pussy, pussy. Then he's off to piss. Sarah and I have decided that her cat was definitely some evil dictator in another life a thousand percent like he has (laughs) none of you will ever probably meet my cat but Kendra knows he's very cute on the outside like he's evil (laughs) he is he's literally me in cat form (laughs) he has big evil chaotic energy like cute on the outside but will like actually have thoughts on the inside of watching your downfall and skinning you alive <laughs> and he comes close he tries to skin lauren alive on a daily basis that's his worst enemy in life with lauren <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love the lauren beef um okay so i feel like you and i have been talking a lot more about lacrosse than usual so i want to know what your big takeaways from the last week as the season's kind of as the nll season winds down and the pll season gets ready to start i mean we talk about that all the time but yeah for the nll i think my big takeaway after last weekend at least because i feel like now that the playoff picture is really starting to come clear is much 
I want Panther City to be that uh, fourth playoff spot. It's looking like it's going to be the Roughnecks. They've just won four in a row. They have a chance to clinch it this weekend. Uh, Curtis Dixon had a stock trick for them last weekend against Panther City, actually. They won, like, 14 of four. As much as I'm like, oh, I want this, like, expansion team in there, I do like the Roughnecks in there because I like their roster in general. I feel like they're very underrated in the league. And they're the team that went, like, over a month without playing from, like, January to February or something. So they've been just trying to, like, mesh I feel still as a group this whole time and like ca- play catch up and now they've won four in a row they look great so I'm will be happy with that um the Halifax Thunderbirds in the east have slipped big time they had their first win in a while this weekend I by the looks of it I don't think they're gonna make a huge playoff push I could be wrong but they look a lot different than they did at the start of the season and I think that's gonna make like for the rush I think they're another team that are going to have a very Interesting off season. They're going to have to make a lot of changes there because something's just not connecting. I don't know what the exact dynamics are behind the scenes, but I'm not going to hold my breath on Halifax making a huge run in the playoffs. Okay. That's fair. I, I feel like it's, the few games that I've watched them have like, cause when I'm just like around the house and if it's like, like a weird time that a game's on, like I'll throw it on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, anytime I watch them, I feel like it's when I watch the Bruins, even though I do watch the Bruins more than I watch lacrosse. It's like, it's always like a really shitty performance and I just wind up turning it off. What, for Halifax? Yeah. Like, I just... Their offense, I feel like in particular, they're one of those teams that is very like either on or off. Like either everyone's like, everyone's scoring like three or four goals or they're just like shut out entirely. And it's like pulling teeth. And then they'll try and have like this late comeback and they just can't get there. Okay. Yeah. I feel that. Okay. All right. What else we got? Uh, other than that, and NLL, the big cross in general news was Brett Dobson of St. Bonaventure. <laughs> <laughs> he is not entering the transfer portal. I think everyone kind of expected him to for his fifth year. You know, he had the COVID extra year of eligibility. So he plays for the Bonnies. They're in the MAAC. They're number one in their conference currently. I think this is their third year as a D1 program. Um, yeah, and he's just been, I think, far and away the best goaltender in the entire NCAA men's cross. And he has chosen not to transfer because he thought it was always oh, going to go somewhere like a big school, like Maryland, Virginia, you know, big lacrosse school and a bigger conference. But no, he's choosing to enter the PLL draft. And I think that is the smartest decision you could have made. Four goaltenders just retired over the offseason. There's way more openings than there ever is going to be for goaltenders, I think, right now. And especially given how many, like, they have how much talent is compacted into the PLL in those, like, very small, like, there's only so many teams. So there's only so many goalies. Yeah, I would say, and goalies, like, you only get so many chances at that. It's not like, you're an attackman or midi, whatnot. So yeah. I think he's making the right decision in that sense. I am interested to see where he ends up because there's a lot of teams that need that goaltender position. Um, I guess it all just depends on how the draft falls and how those coaches kind of, I guess, balance their needs out. Um, I yeah. would love to see him on the Atlas. I don't know how likely that's going to be, but. That would be what? crazy to see him with Jeff. But okay. So what I was going to say is that I'm kind of, 
I do agree with you. This is the best decision he could have made, but like, I don't see why this was kind of such a shock to people. Uh, just to compare it to like something for like not lacrosse people. I kind of think about this as like what happened with the St. Peter's basketball team. Like I think a couple of these kids instead of transferring should have tried to go to the draft. Like this is like the peak of it. This is like where you're going to be. Like you had a Cinderella story happen, get the bag, chase the bag. Like that's just, that's how I feel about it. And that being said, like, I know that there, like you said, is like a ton of open opportunity with goalies and you'd love to see him like at the Atlas, but like, where do you think he would like realistically fit in? Uh, I think definitely the Chrome could use him, but then also to like what you were saying, I think it's just a big kind of surprise and deal because in terms of pro lacrosse versus college lacrosse, college lacrosse is the bigger entity right now. Like pro lacrosse is still building, especially in the U S like take away like box NLL in general. Like if you're just comparing field college and pro, I was listening to this on a podcast the other day. It's like guys want to be playing for these big name schools because especially now the fact that they can also make money off their image. Yeah. Like, and you know, pro lacrosse money, it's, eh. yeah. so if he came down to it, the thought was probably going to be like, okay, he's seeing himself as the best goaltender in the league or just not even just like his conference, like the entire league, he could go anywhere, anywhere would take him. He can be the big star of this big name school. Like Bonnie's like, yes, they are D1, but they are not like a top 10. They're not in the big 10. They're not in the ACC. They're in the MACC. Then like they're, Yes. Okay. If you don't watch this on YouTube, whenever this happens, I am raising my hand to ask Sarah a question. <laughs> so <clears throat> ah, I've been doing some PLL draft research mm-hmm. and I just want to like kind of get this question in here before one, I forget about it. And two, it's like relevant to this topic. I saw that there are a bunch of army lacrosse players who are being scouted by PLL teams. And I know that when you go to a military academy, you don't pay tuition, you pay your tuition back in years of service. But mm-hmm. in the NFL, there was a quarterback from Navy a couple years ago, and then actually the long snapper for the Patriots, Joe Cardona, both went to the NFL from Navy. And it's like, I think that you can buy yourself out of your contract. And it's like NFL players can obviously afford to do that. But it's like, what is that? Ha- like, do you, and I know that this is probably not a question that you know the answer to, but there's all these army kids who are being scouted for the PLL and it's like, they don't make that much money. So what happens mm-hmm. to those kids? I know just from based off of what I saw, like last season, a lot of those kids that are still like in that army military stuff, they have to end up doing it because financially they can't just like buy yeah. themselves out. They have to go finish out their contract basically. Mm, okay. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was my question. Continue. Uh, kind of relevant because cool for the Bonnies. They got their, I think this is the first time ever they received NCAA top 20 votes last weekend. They're currently ranked 32nd, which is they're behind Syracuse, obviously Syracuse. They're in the ACC. So that's a big deal for them. The fact that they're even receiving votes, because if you look at mm-hmm. the top 20, you would never see an MAAC school. Mm-hmm. But then also just Syracuse has been awful this year. And like, that's one of those schools, like when someone thinks of, oh, big college lacrosse school. And like, of course they had their prime, like they have proven everything, like one down years, whatever. But just kind of crazy to see Syracuse at 31 and then the Bonnies at 32. I'm like, shit. <laughs> and yeah. then Maryland's at 
fucking number one still because they're undefeated. They're like the Dodgers of NCAA lacrosse. So I think they're 10 and 0 on the season. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of boring. It's like watching Alabama. Yeah. I'm like, they're super talented and like, they're like a fun team to watch. And I can't wait to see all those like guys that end up playing pro. But I'm like, I want some drama. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they, again, same thing as the Dodgers, if they don't win the championship, I'm like, it's a fucking failure of a season. <laughs> it's true. It's like how Alabama, it's how it has to be to feel like you are an Alabama fan. Um, Any other lacrosse stuff before we talk some hockey? Nope. All right. I see we have tons of Bruins notes. I don't even know where to start. Um. Maybe like the injury stuff. Obviously, the Bruins have been plagued with some injury bug lately. A lot of people haven't been skating or, you know, whatever. I see that they are getting Grizzlick back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how concerned are you about the injuries at this point in the season? Like, obviously, you need to be playing your best hockey right now. I think the Bruins mathematically aren't in the Stanley Cup playoff, but they have to win. Yeah, they just need to win tonight. I think yeah. win one more game, they've clinched a playoff first. So I'm not so worried about that, but yeah. So what like how do you feel about the injuries? What do you what are you concerned about? What do you feel good about? What are your overall thoughts at this point in the season? Well, I made a tweet, I think it was last week. I was like, Oh, it's that time of year. We're in the home stretch, like we're approaching the playoffs, Bruins injury bugs go to start hitting. Sure, fucking up because it does. It happens every year. I feel like the Bruins are very lucky in that a majority of the regular season they stay pretty healthy compared to other teams, and then come down stretch in like end of March and then April, all of a sudden you have all these guys out, and it's always like these big name guys too. Brandon Carlo, someone who I think goes down every single year, right around the playoffs or in playoffs. So once he went down the other night, I was like, fuck. That's when I actually got concerned mm-hmm. because also you saw the defense just fell apart charlie mcboy was the entire blue line like and he's putting up already like 30 plus minutes time on ice consistently and i'm like he's someone you want well rested you want him healthy come playoffs because he's such he's the most important part of your defense and now he's gonna have to pick up the slack because the rest of their defense is just like atrocious obviously i talked about this last week between like riley clifton Mm -hmm. former horrible 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 i don't want to see any of those dumb fucks i'm so tired of everyone fighting on twitter over who is the issue there i'm like all of them all atrocious <laughs> i love bruins twitter right now because like i i say all the time that like for the boss the, the for the people of boston it is championship or bust and it's like Anytime that is in question, it's like you people are at each other's throats first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been trying to like ignore what most like because there are some horrendous takes on Bruins. Where I'm like, it's just one person. They don't know what they're talking about. It's heat of the moment. I do the same thing. I'm like, don't look into it. And I'm pretty much of the mindset, especially now that like Grizzly is back. Like, we need Lindholm. We need Carlo. Lindholm in particular, it sounds like he's going to be returning soon. I'm like, once you clinch that playoff spot and like that's taken care of, I would not be upset if they're just like, let's rest him until playoffs. Like let's rest these guys. Let's give them time to recoup. Cause I'm not too concerned about the first round. Like, Oh, are they going to be the wild card spot? Or are they getting that third spot in the division? I'm not that concerned given the fact that you're either playing the Leafs or the hurricanes currently just rest up for either of those teams because you have not done a good showing with either of them season. 
Uh, I'm glad we're getting Grizzlies back because there definitely needs to be some reinforcements besides McAvoy and that uh, defenseman. But I think defense is the biggest concern right now on top of just keeping everyone healthy. Okay, so two things. One, do you think that this game being sort of a must win and like being in like a must win situation in the season, obviously hockey players are the toughest of the tough. Like we've seen Bruins players play through broken ribs and punctured lungs and torn ACLs, you whatever in the Stanley cup playoffs. Is it like a situation where you think that you play guys who aren't a hundred percent just because you have to put like the best people on the ice at this point in time, like this game tonight against the senators, this game or the next. I say this game in particular against Senators, no. I know they need to get one point over the Islanders and they need to win this game to get into the playoff. I'm not too concerned about the Islanders. I think the Senators are a very beatable team. We've seen them beat them already. Yeah, we've seen them beat RA a couple times, so I'm not as concerned. I think that loss to the Blues just stung more in particular because Corey Krug, like 2019, like there was a lot of storylines going on with this one. This one, I'm like, okay. This is not the same, like, St. Louis is up here. The Ottawa Senators are down here. It doesn't matter that you don't have everyone. Like, this is very winnable. And it's not like they look absolutely horrible, at least the offense absolutely horrible the other night. The defense definitely needs to step up. I'm like, at the very least, we have Grizzlick back. McAvoy is kind of the one-man show, which is yeah. unfortunate. I know <laughs> Trent Frederick is a healthy scratch. He's not defense, but, like, he had a tough game the other night. I don't know. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I feel pretty confident about this one. I could be completely wrong, obviously, but the next game after that, they're playing the Penguins. That game, I'd be like, all right, if you think you could play in this, even if you're not 100%, like then I'm like, yes, play in this game. But this one, I'm not like, let's risk injury to play the yeah. Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Okay, so what about the goaltending? Because I see you have in our notes, like through, you know, if the playoff picture shakes out how we think it's going to the Bruins are going to be in the postseason If all things continue on the path that they're on, I feel, I mean, obviously Bruce Cassidy has said, said that he's toying with the idea of flip-flopping them through the playoffs, which has kind of seemed to semi work out for them until recently, but it's not their fault that the defense fucking sucks. How do you, who are you more confident in and and or do you prefer the flip-flop through the stretch? At this very moment, I feel like we've said before, like you have to ride the hot hand. I would go Allmark as your starter in the playoffs right now. I don't think Swayman's performed poorly or anything, but he just hasn't been performing as we've seen him. And Allmark's yeah. just been amazing over the last couple months. Like you'd be stupid to not put him in. Granted, you also have to take in the fact, okay, he's never played in a playoff series. Like he was at Buffalo, but it's not like Swayman has like, 100 games under his belt in the playoffs he had like he came in for relief I think in one game I think yeah and I'm just like okay so as of right now I'm like ride the hot hand go with Allmark but if Swayman like he looked better than he has in that game against Blues like that was a loss but he looked a lot more comfortable I think he came out looking a little shaky especially that like first goal that came like 30 seconds or something that game was a shit show from the start yeah that game just was the defense defense yeah yep so I think I'm not swimming is never really one that's worried me even when he has like down games because that happens to every goaltender and I think whatever he got out of his system now as long as he continues on but yeah right now I would say Omar 
is your starter. I'm not opposed to them doing the like flip-flopping thing. Cause like you said, it's not like we see either of these guys going like playing six games in a row, like fucking Elvis Merzlikens does with the blue jackets. Like for the most part, it'll be like one will play two or three games in a row. Then the other will play. I'm like, I don't think it's that huge, crazy of an idea. Unless like, of course, someone's like completely locked in, in the playoffs and yeah, keep going with them. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like we, we've been very on almost the same page about the goalie stuff throughout the season. Like obviously when like the Tuka stuff happened, we felt a little bit differently, but I feel like you and I have been pretty consistent about like who should be playing when, and that you ride the hot hand, no matter who it is in this situation, just because of the way that the contracts have been built and the situation that they wound up in with Tuka. Yeah. Um, so I think the only other Bruins thing that you have on here or we have on here, because we both had some stuff we wanted to talk about, um, if I'm not mistaken is the possibility, which is pretty likely of them playing the Leafs in the first round. You feel very conflicted about it. And I think rightfully so they scare me. Yeah. I know like, Oh yeah. Funny. They can't make it out of the first round. Blah, blah, blah. I said this on a radio show the other day. I'm like, no one wants to be the team that gets the Leafs past the first round one like two they are a good fucking team that top line like austin matthews mitch marner bunting like together they're fucking terrifying their power plays insane like they're a good fucking team they're a scary team and i think in a series it's going to be tough to beat them like yeah they do have those like duds of games where they blow away like five goal leads and whatnot like but it's not like it's a do or die one win thing and everyone not everyone any sports fan or any hockey fan, I would say general sports fan knows that the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup in general are the hardest playoff to get through and the hardest championship to win. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Cup is just, it is what it is. Like it's grueling. And it's like, I just think that because of all the jokes people have made and the team that they have right now and the way that they're playing hockey at this point in the season, they're playing good hockey at this point in this season. Is it perfect hockey? No, but it's good hockey to the point where I think that if they have that Stanley Cup pep in their step, that's where I fear this particular team. Yeah, like if anything, I'm like, okay, the Leafs do have a tendency, especially like the big names, like Austin Matthews right now, far and away, best goal scorer in the league. But I'm like, has he been that same guy in the playoffs? No. Is he going to fall on his face? Who fucking knows? But at the same time, like, I don't want to downplay it. And your other option is what? The Bruins play the Hurricanes? I would much rather play the Leafs. And Me even too. so, I am not confident either of those series. I'm going to be real, but I would rather see them play the Leafs than the Hurricanes. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I think that they're between those two options. If Swayman's in net, Matthews is a problem and Svechnikov is going to be a problem Mm -hmm. because I feel like the issue with Swayman is his rebound control. We've talked about this before. That's a problem for him. And those two guys, no matter who you wind up playing, well, Aho too, Aho too, those three guys, but especially, especially in my opinion, Svechnikov and Matthews, they're going to clean you all day. Yeah, they're going to capitalize on any little thing you give them. Like, just watching Austin Matthews, like, I think I said it a couple weeks ago. I'm like, if he was on any other team, I would be like, he is 
far and away one of my favorite players in the league right now. But just the boss to me, I can never say that. But no, he really does get it done every single way. Like, it's not like he takes one shot, it's a miss. Like, he can't control the rebound and bury it right after. Like, he will make you look so stupid. <laughs> it's true. And it's like, I feel like six days out of 10, I'll take Swayman over Allmark just because I think that he has like the luck on his side. But right now, Allmark looks a lot better than he does. And it's still an experience piece. So I just, I know that Swayman's going to play and he deserves to play, but the way that he's looking right now and the lack of rebound control he has, I'm just like, shit, those are two teams that you can't have that with. No, I was on, again on that same radio show. I was like, I am more worried about the Bruins in the first round. If they get out of the first round, I have way more confidence in them in the second round than I do that first round. No matter who they get in that first round, they're going to have a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way they perform overall in the season. Again, yes, playoffs completely different. Everything's so different. But I think if they get out of that, then I'll have a lot more confidence in them just because I do not expect that to go their way. I'll be honest. Yep, I agree with you. Um, only other hockey point I see of ours, which is something that I didn't see. And I don't know how, because I think if you've listened to this podcast more than twice, you know, that I'm the biggest fucking Evander Kane hater of all time. What is this? Okay. So Ryan Hartman of the wild and Evander Kane. So I think Ryan Hartman hit someone on the Oilers and Evander Kane, like when struck back at Hartman and Hartman, before you went into the box, flipped off. Evander Kane I did see this yeah obviously he got fined I think it was like five thousand dollars for it and so a bunch of wild fans started sending Ryan Hartman money on his because they found his Venmo and I think just other hockey fans <gasps> fucking hates Evander Kane. I would have I would have but then Evander Kane's ex-wife Anna posted on her story that she sent like two hundred dollars to him and was like for the fine or whatever and she like, posted her story and I, like that just made it so much more drama whatever but Ryan Hartman posted today. He's like, thank you all for like your donations. He's like, I am going to pay to find myself, but I'm going to donate this money to like the Minnesota Children's Hospital. But I was looking at his Venmo a couple hours ago. It's so funny. There's like hundreds of people that were just like, fuck Evander Kane. <laughs> I am on the fuck Evander Kane vibe. So I love that. Good for his ex-wife. Honestly, I'm a petty bitch. I do the same thing. <laughs> if my kid was starving while you were partying in Paris nah homie um staying on the hockey vibe we have some hockey stuff we want to talk about with college hockey um first off I want to talk about I don't I'm, I know that you probably saw this ESPN buying rights to hockey east games we talked about this with lacrosse and we talked about it with something else recently. I don't remember what it was. I have mixed, like we same thing as always. We have mixed feelings about it. Like glad the hockey East is getting more coverage. More people are going to see it. Sad that it has to be ESPN just because the monopoly that they have on sports just fucking continues. I was just mainly happy about this initially because now I'm like, Oh good. More people can watch the hockey East. It is fucking impossible to stream a hockey East game. It is. Or just college hockey in general. And then you get like these fucking pixelated little things. So I am glad that that's going to up in quality. And it's not just men's. They do have women's too. So that'll be good, I think, for the women's game in general. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, okay, ESPN, like we said, they're continuing this monopoly of like hockey, lacrosse, and like 
that's great if you're going to put the time and effort into it. I don't know how much time and effort you're going to be put into it. I'm going to guess more than lacrosse at least, but still I would say it's probably bottom of the barrel for them. Dude, yeah, we've talked about this before. It's like anytime I feel like ESPN, even first of all, the ESPN NHL broadcasts fucking suck. They are so boring. Like Mm -hmm. so, so boring. Like I love Steve Levy as a person. In person, he is great. I do not want to listen to Steve Levy do play-by-play or color. I really don't. It's not my favorite thing. It's actually my least favorite thing. First of all. Second of all, I feel like anyone who hosts any ESPN news show or whatever doesn't know how to talk about hockey, doesn't know the rules about hockey, doesn't give a shit about getting to know hockey, or are on the air complaining or on social media about having to talk about or cover hockey or making TikToks about hating talking about or covering hockey. It's not all about the fucking Lakers, ESPN. And I'm like, okay, is John Bouchergross just going to be a one-man show carrying this entire thing? I'm like, you can't do it all. You can't do everything for all your hockey needs. I'm just exhausted. Like, that's the thing. I love the exposure. I love that more people are getting to watch lacrosse and hockey. It's just that ESPN and Disney World have the fucking money to make this decent. And they choose not to. That's all I have to say. Um, (laughs) Speaking of the Hockey East, Jerry York is retiring. I am not surprised, but I did call it like halfway through the season. (laughs) We went to the bean pot and I was like, Jerry York's done. And you know what? It's not a shocker. The guy's old as shit. And he's a nice guy. I, I don't I don't mind my interviews with Jerry. 20 but I, seasons. That's 20 a long seasons. time. That's a long fucking time. That's fucking nuts. And I was listening to like a Twitter spaces about this yesterday, I think it was. And they're like, he could have gone another year. Like no one was forcing him out or anything. Like once you get to a certain point, a certain tenure, like he has so much respect and not just hockey East, but the college hockey world. Like, he could have stayed another year if he wanted to. He'd probably just like, fuck it. And sounds like Mike Cavanaugh from UConn's coming in to take over head coaching. I think it's a great pick. And it sounds like Jerry York pretty much was the one who picked him. Yeah. I think that's a perfect pick for them. And I think that's a great opportunity for him. Yeah. I love this decision. Obviously, I am a ringside reporter for the Hockey East. Coach Cav is my favorite interview. He is always willing to talk to me, always give me time, always give me educated answers that aren't got to get our pucks on net and make their D turn. Like coach, coach Cav. I know that hockey coaches don't like the media, but he respects the media. And I respect him for that. Never had a bad interaction with the guy. I'm hoping to have more. I'm excited for him. I think he's deserving. He was at BC prior to this for quite some time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And honestly, congratulations to Coach Cav. Like, I, I think that he's a stand-up guy. I'm, I'm very happy for him. I'm excited for the future of BC hockey. And I'm excited to watch him, you know, coach a bean pot. Yeah, I was like, again, I was listening to that thing yesterday, and they were saying, like, I don't think he gets enough respect in terms of, like, okay, UConn's the newest school to the ho- – or one of the newer schools to the Hockey East. I'm like, it's like, yeah, it's UConn, but they haven't had this crazy stellar hockey program. Like, they didn't become a part of the Hockey East because they're an insane hockey school. It's just like, oh, UConn is the big school. It's nice to have them in this league. 
And so, I don't know, I feel like he's done a lot more than people give him credit for to that program and developing them to get where they are now. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, My last thought before I see some notes that you have, I just wanted to say that I think it's always hilarious how different college hockey signings are for pros outside of the draft in comparison to other leagues. It's like the second that like the player is done with their season, (laughs) it's like fucking blood in the water, like sharks just everywhere. And I just like, I enjoy that chaotic thing about chaos or about college hockey. It's just, I think that it's so funny in comparison to other leagues, but I see you have some other things you want to talk about as far as like NHL debuts and the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. Well, on that note, what you're saying, like, yeah, it really is like Sharks Walks. Like Bobby Brinks just won with fucking Denver. Then three days later, he's suiting up to play for the Flyers. Who The Flyers have already had nine NHL debuts this season. I know they are in that weird, like, lull of the year. Like, they have a lot of rebuilding, too. They have a lot of young talent now. But, like, that's fucking nuts. It's just in the last two weeks alone, I feel like, I think they've already had three NHL, maybe four debuts which is nuts. You know, Owen Power made his debut with the Sabres. That was very exciting to see. I I'm like happy him. for Sabres. Yeah. And I really like the team that the Sabres are building. Like I run clowns on them and stuff. They have a lot of good, like promising young talent. They're a fun team in general. They're young. And I like that about them. Like I obviously as a Jags fan, as a Bucks fan before last season, like I sympathize with fans of teams who don't have a ton of success and who get shit on around the league I like them oh I love watching the Sabres like oh I feel like they're almost like kind of like the Mets where people like oh haha like so funny I'm like okay why are you climbing just them like they have a lot of young talent of course they're not going to perform up to standards yet like there's very like the average is probably like fucking 26 on that team and I think the Jack Eichel trade, like everyone kind of wrote them off, especially after that. I'm like, that was a great trade for them because Jack Eichel was not a good fit. I don't think he was a good locker room presence for sure. And like, there was just like, and it does sound like there was a lot of front office drama. So I think the Sabres like do have to figure out something with that. But when you're just talking about the hockey team in general, I think that was a great move for them. Now you have a kid who's like, they traded and he's like a Buffalo hometown kid. He loves playing there. Yeah. Yep, I am right there with you. Anything else? Yes. Dryden oh. McKay winning the Hobie Baker, but not the Mike Richter. That's just like fucking weird. I'm like, how are you the best in the league, but you're not the best goaltender? <laughs> I was so. I should have tweeted about this because I was so pissed about it. I just didn't think that anyone cared. I just, I, <laughs> I'm like trying to think, okay. So like for me, I'm just confused. This year's Hobie Baker nominations were so fucking weird. Like from the start, I remember we talked about it and we went through all the nominees and I was like, how is it this kid from this school and not somebody else? And I, yeah. how is it this kid from this school and not somebody else in the hockey East? And it's like, I think there were people who should have made it further in the nominations. And I think that there were people who should have been nominated and weren't like, I think that Andre Lee absolutely should have been a nominee. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Owen Savory fucking 
unreal player, like amazing goal, like amazing goalie. Like, I think that mm-hmm. he's going to have a great career, but like, I just like look at things like that. And I'm like, this season was just weird from the start as far as yeah. the Hobie Baker shit. Yeah, I was, I had no prediction as to who was going to come out with the Hobie Baker. Cause I was like, okay, Dryden McKay wins, but then obviously he's also in Mike Rick service and that just didn't happen. And it kind of made me think of like, like Blaze Reardon winning MVP for the PLL. Like imagine though, if he didn't win goaltender of the year, like it's just so like. Offensive freaking weapon during the day and MVP goalie at night. <laughs> I mean, I am glad that the Mike Richter went to someone from the hockey East in that sense, since there's no hockey East in the frozen force. I'm like, well, they got some representation in there, but. I just thought that was so weird. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't know. This season was just the fact. Okay. We, I don't remember who your predictions were at the beginning of the season. And I remember saying that like everyone was clowning me for being on LOL, obviously. But the fact that there was no Hockey East team is just so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it just, it doesn't feel real. Like, and I know that that's so fucked up and it's like SEC supremacy, like fucking hockey East supremacy, but it's like, I don't, I feel like it's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I don't know. The whole process has just played out so weirdly. But I will say Devin Levi, like when we saw him play in the bean pot, that was so much fun. That wasn't him, wasn't it? Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was like some freshman. Simpton helper. Simpton. Freshman, because everyone was like, who the fuck is this? You're right, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, because he was playing in the Olympics. Simpton Felter, that's his name. Which I'm like, okay, fair, considering that, because you're fucking backup and he's not starting. Like, yeah, you should win the Mike Richter, but I'm like, then why did you... (laughs) I yeah, know. I forgot that that wasn't him because he was at the Olympics. It was this, is it Semptonfelter? I think so, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah, especially because he was at the Olympics for like a, what? I, this is all clicking for me and now I'm just like, <laughs> Spider-Man meme. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about a couple things in the NBA before we start to move into our closing topics. Um, Celtics are playing the Nets in the postseason. I don't know how you feel about this as a Celtics fan. I think that this is huge for the Celtics. Like, I think if the Celtics can beat the Nets, that's a huge win in my opinion. Like, I think, and I'm not going to speak for Celtics fans because I'm not one. And it's like, obviously winning a title means a lot for the city of Boston and the Celtics. But I think taking Kyrie home or taking Kyrie down at home is like kind of a massive fucking dub. And it's like, if I had to pick right now, my NBA finals matchup, I would say Nets Suns. Okay. And that's only, I think if the Nets can survive Boston, the Nets will win a title. And as they should, they have the best roster, the best team Kyrie can play. But I think that Kyrie has to survive TD Garden and all of the fucking Boston fans who are going to shell out the money to heckle him during home court advantage. And I think that if he can survive that, they are home free. But holy shit, is that a tall task for Kyrie Irving? 
so I actually have a question for you. I just want your opinion because obviously I don't really follow basketball. I just happened to watch it. I think it's NBC Sports Boston. And they were talking about like, I guess someone asked, like, I think it's like the Nets are the favorite in the series, but obviously the Celtics are the higher seeded team, whatnot. And so they were like, oh, like, does that make them the underdogs? And I think someone in the media asked one of the Celtics players, like, no, we're not the underdogs. Like, we know who we are, whatever. But then it was some woman on NBC Sports who was like, I wish they had the underdog mentality. And the other two people were like, no, like, I don't. And I kind of agree with them. Like, you know who you are as a team. Like, who the fuck cares what the, like, fucking betting lines are or whatnot? I'm like, I think it's okay to have the under, like, it's good to have the underdog mentality when you are, but I'm like, they improve it like even I know they've proven themselves like for the past few months like they are one of the best teams in the league I'm like so why should they go in and act like this team so far above them so my concern for this series is it doesn't matter what kind of defense you're playing against when you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons you're gonna put up 110-120 a night. My concern is that the Celtics defense isn't going to be able to shut that down mm-hmm. enough for someone like Jason Tatum to get hot enough to put up 40. That's my concern through the stretch of it. I do kind of agree. I like the confidence that they have, but I do think that Jalen Brown specifically and Jason Tatum to a certain degree kind of perform better when they are taken for granted. I feel like Jason Tatum is the first guy when he has, and I know people don't like the saying in sports chip on his shoulder, but when he has a chip on his shoulder, I feel like he is the first guy to go out there and put up 40 points. Okay. See, I don't, I've never watched Celtics. So I just heard that based off like as a sports fan, like, okay, I know the Celtics have done so well and that they're like top of the league or whatever. So I'm like, I wouldn't want to be like, yeah, we're going as underdogs. Like when you've just proven you're far and away one of the best. Totally. And it's like the Nets. I think anyone who would be an underdog against the Nets, you know, like they're, it's Mm -hmm. fucking the Goliath of the NBA. So it's like, I get the point and I understand the conversation and I think it's worthy of a conversation. But I think that that would be my point is that I think that those two players perform better under that type of pressure. Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, the only other points that I have bucks versus bulls I'm concerned but not I think the bucks come out of this one the bulls were really streaky in the beginning of the season and obviously like Chicago fans show up really well and I I like the young roster that the bulls have put out there I think that they overperformed as far as expectations this season and I always feel like there's a team that falls in the first round that shouldn't and I just don't want that to be us Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I am picking the Suns to win it all, but Nets, Suns, NBA final. If you had to put your $10 on a team, Sarah, cause we're going to start betting just a team. You don't even have to like pick the final winners. You just have to pick a team to win it all. Oh, I say between the Nets and the Suns or just in no, general, just in general. Like if you're putting money down right now, what does your gut tell you? Oh, I'm just going to go with the Celtics. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're putting 10 bucks on the Celtics. I'm going to put 10 bucks on the Suns. I think it's like a two and a half time return with the Suns. I looked up earlier <laughs> today. I think the Celtics maybe are like, I want to say they were like 50 time return money or something like that. Somebody was like 600 and I was like, what the fuck, bitch? Um, 
but yeah okay those are that was us talking basketball <laughs> um pop culture shit of the week i have two points that i know you will want to talk about as well britney spears is having a baby instant reaction okay that i didn't even have to ask <laughs> okay i'm here for it too like i'm excited for brit like i'm excited that britney is taking control of her body and her life mm-hmm. i think that that's fucking sick no i was so excited when i saw this because i'm like she's in her happy marriage or i don't know if they're married yet but i think they're like a civil partnership because of yeah. like her legal issues yeah like either way she's happy with him he seems great to her and now she's finally can take these next steps, do whatever the fuck she wants. And I think this is going to be a really fun and exciting time for her. I know people are like, oh, she still seems a little like, oh. I'm like, you would be too. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not your life or your body. And no matter what Brittany's going through, she has the money for whatever that baby would need. It's not like it's her first kid. She has children that seem very happy from the outside looking in at least I'm like she's is already a mother like it's not like she's like oh we're gonna have a baby it's my first like no she has multiple children already yep agree um my other pop culture shit thing of the week is Jack Harlow's song first class if you're on TikTok was played everywhere I got super hyped up for it and I was ultimately disappointed See, I like, cause you're right. It was all over TikTok. I just kind of viewed it as one of those songs that was literally just made for TikTok. So I didn't think it was going to be anything crazy. It kind of just seemed kind of like one of those like marketing things like, oh, this is going to go viral on TikTok, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing. I think it was supposed to come out later, but everyone's just demanding it. And his marketing team is obviously very smart because Jack Harlow is fucking everywhere. And they're like, all right, let's just release it now. And I'm like, this is exactly what I expected. Like the chorus that's on TikTok sounds great. Like the rest of the song, eh. I think it was one of those things that was just like, oh, let's make this to go viral. <laughs> I'm still going to listen to it, but I was ultimately disappointed. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. What is your pop culture shit of the week? Uh, JLo and Ben Affleck are engaged. I mm. love this because I love them. And I think A-Rod... <laughs> Who knows? I don't know exactly what his dating life looks like right now, but I'm like, how far things have fallen for him. And I am so glad because JLo and Ben Affleck were engaged like 20 years ago at this point now. And now they're back together and I firmly believe they are soulmates. So I was happy. Okay. I like that. I feel like so many Boston people love Ben Affleck. Yeah, I'm one of them. (laughs) I just like the meme of him with like the cigarette and the Dunkin' Donuts. Um, all right, cool. I don't know how I feel about JLo. Like, because I'm not a no, uh yes, because I've heard that she's an absolute see you next Tuesday on sets. But because like I'm not judging her because I'm I try my best and I know everyone is guilty of being judgmental at times, but I am a little judgmental of the fact that I am the daughter of someone who got married a month after their divorce was finalized. And I don't 
to each their own. I just personally don't think that that's ever a great decision. And it's not like they were married, but they were together for a really long time. They were engaged. And I just, I, I don't know if it's like the healthiest thing. And I'm, like I said, I'm not judging. I'm not JLo. She can do whatever she wants, but going from one engagement to another is just like, I don't know. Like I'm an advocate for people taking care of themselves. And if that's her taking care of herself, I'm happy for her. But like, I worry for the example that that sets for other women. See, for me, just like strictly as a Boston homer, I'm just like, haha, fuck you, A-Rod. So I yeah. never even like thought that. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm true. Just, like, yeah. Good. He's upset. He's <laughs> that's a Boston dub, baby. So yeah, that's such a reason. It's like, I hope J-Lo's taking care of herself regardless of how I feel about her. That's my only thing. Um, Tea party segment of the week. I think I'm the only one with one, but it is a good one. I want to talk about Jojo Siwa being snubbed from the Kids' Choice Awards, and it is very evident that it is because she is a, I think, is she officially out as gay or is she still bisexual? I know that that's insensitive. She's come out, like, just as gay. Okay, yeah, because I know that, like, she came out as bi at one point because she had a boyfriend and then went to a girlfriend, but I was pretty confident that she had just come out as being gay at this point, but Mm -hmm. I obviously didn't want to say the wrong thing this is very hurtful like I feel very bad for Jojo Siwa because she was their entire platform yeah she's like their brand she's their brand she's been their platform for quite some time and as someone who recently was like booted out of somewhere for kissing a girl obviously it's not on a global scale but I can absolutely empathize with her that it's bullshit it sucks it's hurtful and like of any out of everyone that was there she deserved it and I think that this one looks very bad on Nickelodeon but also the fact that it's so openly why is very detrimental to young kids Mm -hmm. I I also just find it weird they haven't even released like some like bullshit statement right let's just like sweep it under the rug and ignore it because they have no defense but there's they're not even making a point to like at least acknowledge why she wasn't there like make up some dumb shit like they do not care at all I personally believe that the only way they can make up for this is to have her host next year Mm -hmm. um I think that's the only acceptable answer I don't think that there's any other way your PR marketing people can get you out of this and why the fuck like I like Gronk why the fuck was he hosting the KCA it's like that (laughs) and everyone loves Gronk but like six-year-old kid in like Minnesota like oh Rob Gronkowski no (laughs) yeah I think it would be huge for Nickelodeon to have her on I think it'd be the ultimate apology I think it'd be great revenge for her I think it'd be a great example for kids and I think that it would show kids that it's okay to shave your head and kiss who you want to um so that's my only tweet there all my homies love the gays um hell yeah we stand um (laughs) tweets of the week i i i feel like i know what yours is but i i think you sent it to me uh actually now that i think about i guess i have two but this one is every time i post a fucking selfie and this was even like a selfie selfie i posted yesterday because i like my outfit every single time there's someone like being like oh there's no way like she's legal or she looks so young like blah 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 I'm like one I can see these two I'm like that's weird because it's always a man it's never a girl saying that 
weird yep. that that's your first commentary like oh is she legal like blah 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 and this I actually I don't know if I've ever told you this so it was 2019 I think at the Patriots parade there is a picture of me that Dave Portnoy reposted because it was like something like Patriots whatever and all the replies were just like that girl's too young for you blah blah, blah. I was 21 I think and like was she like 16 like every single reply just like stuff along that line I'm like don't you guys find it weird that that's your immediate like approach to mindset I'm like that's like very fucking weird and then so yesterday someone replied like some guy quote retweeted my thing and then someone replied like how old is that girl there's no way she's even legal and then I respond what makes you say that and he goes I didn't think you'd see this and they just like deleted the whole thread I was like I can see it. I'm like, also, I don't even look that young. Like, I am 24. I know I could pass for me, like, 21, 22. I'm like, I think I look pretty much my age, but it's very weird that that's always their first, like, thing to go at. I just have such a love-hate relationship with the internet that I don't even know how to handle it anymore. I have two tweets of the week. Um, my first tweet of the week is Jamal Agnew of the Jags wore a jacket that I own that I wore Mm -hmm. to the Patriots game here. And it got retweeted a bunch. And someone said, you always wear it better when you have nothing on except your Jags hat. And I like bonked the guy. And she came back and said like some sort of response or something, but wound up deleting it. He was like, yeah, I didn't think anybody would see this. Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's just my, you know, like said something. And I was like, all right, like, I respect that. Like, I'll take it. And then I was just like the fact that like, he like, I can't remember what he said because he deleted it, but he had like a really funny response that was like, damn, you know, like whatever, didn't think you'd see this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, fine. Like, I respect that you open you like you, whatever. And then my other tweet of the week actually happened today. Similarly to you, I tweeted yesterday just a selfie because like I felt cute or whatever. Like I Mm -hmm. had to put on makeup all week, whatever. And this woman responds and she goes, who cares? Why tweet this? And I was like, because Pam, unfortunately for you, this is my Twitter page and I felt pretty and I'm allowed to do so. So if you don't care, don't respond and mind your own damn business. And she goes, somehow it landed in my feed. Solution is muting. Done. The way I don't have to know if you wash your hair too. And I said, hope the door hits you on your way out. (laughs) And someone responded with her posting a picture of her fucking wordle as if people care about that. So I looked this bitch up on LinkedIn because she's using her real fucking name. This woman is a public school teacher in the state of Massachusetts, bullying women for feeling good about themselves. Shut the fuck up, Pam. (laughs) Like, Pam is like even more of a Karen name than Karen. I was just thinking that. I'm like, we should start using Pam instead of Karen because that one kind of hits more. That one hits Diffy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pam. Are you saying Pan or Pam? Pam. Pam. <laughs> um, okay, that is all I've got other than some closing thoughts. But Sarah, do you have any closing thoughts? Nope. 
Um, my closing thoughts are that holy shit, this is accidentally a two-hour show. <laughs> my other closing thought is fuck you, Club Penguin. I'm so pissed at Club Penguin's getting Yo, taken fuck down. Disney. Fuck yeah. Disney. Yeah, fuck Disney. Are I'm not a Disney old? adult. But like now my puffles just have to die, you motherfuckers. I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. Keep on sipping, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Only tell the truth. What the hell you do? You got that juice. Fresh squeeze too cute. I can tell you knew, and it ain't just you. Girl, it ain't just you. It's your whole damn crew. Got the haters on mute. Cause they love that view. Keep looking at you. Ain't nothing new. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your hosts, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go. Uh-huh.